Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. Everybody, welcome to Dope Nostalgia. I'm your host Naomi. My special guest this week is becoming very hot on TikTok right now as a poster of nostalgia and reminiscing about songs that we grew up on. He is John G, and you can find him on TikTok. I suggest following him and watching his amazing videos. He's at John.G87. Now he's joining me today to talk about Canada's best known boy band of all time, the Moffets. Here's a little background story on the Moffats. Wikipedia moment. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is the real truth. He's right. The Moffats are a Canadian pop rock country band composed of brothers Scott, Clint, Bob, and Dave Moffat. Scott was born on March 30th, 1983 in Whitehorse, Yukon, and the triplets, Bob, Clint, and Dave, were born 11 months later in Vancouver, British Columbia on March 8th, 1984. Bob and Clint are identical twins, while Dave is a fraternal triplet. And the band began as a country music vocal group during their childhood, like super, super young, and released three records under Polydor Nashville. It's a Wonderful World in 93, The Moffats in 95, and A Moffat Christmas in 96. At the time, it was said that they were the youngest band to ever sign a major label recording contract. They released their first pop album, Chapter One, A New Beginning, in 1998. They released one more album, Submodalities, in 2000, before disbanding in 2001. The band reunited for a one-off online Christmas show on December 22nd, 2012, on Stage It. In February 2017, Scott, Bob, and Clint Moffat embarked on an extensive promotional tour in Asia for the Moffat's Farewell Tour before being rejoined by Dave in 2018 for the second leg of the reunion tour. Bob and Clint have now formed a duo called Music Travel Love. I'd like to welcome my special guest today, TikTok sensation John G. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia. All right, welcome John G to Dope Nostalgia. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, by the way. Fellow Canadian, East Coast. Mm -hmm. Yes, born and raised in Montreal, but uh, I've lived in Toronto for the last seven years. Right. Oh, sweet. Okay. So, yeah, I noticed, oh, first of all, with TikTok, do you call it a channel? Your TikTok channel? Or you're just page a TikTok channel? Your TikTok page. Yeah, no, it's very Canadian centric, which is fun. Yes. Um, I mean, I didn't initially plan for that, but I realized that that's what I know best. Um, I still post other, you know, international American stuff because I don't want to be like pigeonholed into this, like, oh, I have to do Canadian stuff, right? I want to be able to post whatever I want. So, mm. um, but yes, I do focus on Canadian stuff because again, that's what I know and that's what I grew up with. Yeah. Um, and most of your stuff, I, I know you do some of the 90s, but you also do a lot of the early 2000s or the first decade of the 2000s. So yeah. when you when you started out, 
How did you get it to grow so fast? You, you're doing amazingly well on TikTok. Thank you. I I, I slightly disagree with you. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess I have high standards for myself and I put pressure on myself, but, you know, because I see it's easy to compare yourself to other people on, especially on TikTok who have millions of followers, you know, mm -hmm. I think in earlier on in TikTok, before I joined, it was easier to grow a following, not to say that it, you can't now, but um, regardless, um, you know, I was just consistent. And I think that's what you'll hear from a lot of people. If you want to grow, if you do want to try to be successful at this, um, you got to be consistent. The thing with me though, is I'm not so much in it for the success and fame if you want to call it that it's just I, I tr I'm truly passionate about what I do and once I feel like I lose that passion then I might not want to do it anymore but luckily uh from myself and the help of you guys um I've been having a great time what else do you do besides the TikTok what else do I do well uh for my actual job which I I need money for because TikTok <laughs> is not paying at all um i work for a balloon decor company super random um i found it during the pandemic um before that i was in uh, i was working in events and before that for the longest actually time of my career i was both a personal trainer and i was in radio so that's where a bit of my tiktok stuff comes from is i wasn't on air but i worked in promotions for radio stations both in montreal and toronto and i also worked as a board op so i was running the board you know the music Mm -hmm. So that is a big reason why I have this ridiculous amount of Canadian music in my head. You're like, I, I can, I can bond with you on this because my head is filled with nineties music knowledge that, that I swear so many people don't even know, like half the one hit wonders I've got up here. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's it's funny, and uh, I always get a good laugh when people are like, "Hey, do you remember this band?" And it's like, "Do you remember Soul Decision?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." And I I, I don't want to like be rude or make fun because again, I've been exposed to these people so many times, these bands and these artists. So when someone's like, "Hey, do you remember them?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." But thank you, I, I do appreciate you, you know, bringing it up because again, not everyone's in mine or your position where they've heard these, they've listened to these bands. I'm literally listening to these throwbacks all the time mm -hmm. so, yeah makes sense um so yeah. when i asked you i said i'd really love for you to come on the show and to pick mm -hmm. a band or, or group or artist to talk about and we are going with the moffats today the moffats no first of all you have an incredible list of artists that was a an extensive <laughs> list i was a little intimidated uh i'm not gonna lie i was a little disappointed because backstreet boys was probably my first choice but i'm pretty sure you covered that already not quite there's still no. time to do BSB. We can do it another time. Because we what we did with Backstreet is I just did the album Millennium. That was it. So there's plenty more we can do with them. Okay. But regardless, yeah, the Moffats. No, I, um, of course, a classic Canadian band, although we'll probably talk about this, how they were actually very successful outside of Canada. So um, mm -hmm. I definitely delved deep into Moffat talk and just the Moffats in general and... Uh, yeah, I'm really just pumped to talk about them. How did you discover them? I mean, well, first, when I first heard the Moffats, I mean, when I was, I guess, in the 90s, late 90s, I just heard them on the radio or on TV, of course, much music, you know, they were, they were pushing them on much and definitely on radio. I don't remember vividly hearing them on radio, but I'm sure I listened. I heard them on radio. Um, so yeah, I heard, obviously, their big hits, whether it was misery uh bang bang boom which is my favorite 
I love yeah. Bang Bang Boom, um, Girl of My Dreams, and we could talk about the other ones. And yeah, so I think no matter where you grew up in Canada, you probably heard the Moffats at some point if you're like Gen X or a millennial. I definitely remember, I think, seeing them on Much Music before hearing them on the radio. They were. I did. I did see. They did an interview, funny enough, with Master T. Um, mm-hmm. And Master T, who I'm actually trying to interview myself, he uh, he interviewed a lot of artists who weren't necessarily part of his brand or genre. You know, he was the hip hop R&B guy. Not to say that he couldn't do those other interviews, but even he would tell say himself he wasn't a big pop person you know um mm-hmm. but nonetheless he was a great interviewer so he did talk to them and so did ed the sock uh which was of course hilarious so yeah who you've also had on your show i have to mention you've had rick yeah. the temp you've had strombo ed the sock so things are going really awesome that you've gotten to, in touch with all these much music personalities i've been very fortunate like i'm not gonna lie i always have to remind myself to be grateful for what i've accomplished again even though you know, you say like I've had this big following and growth, which I appreciate, but I definitely feel like there's way more room to grow. But in that time that I've what I've done so far, I'm I'm so appreciative. I mean, Strombo was ridiculous for me because apparently it was Rick Campanelli that asked him to do it on his behalf. So mm. I was like blown away by that. So yeah. Strombo would be amazing interviewing the interviewer. Cause he's he's one of the best I've ever yeah. seen doing interviews. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely intimidated, but then it was one of the easiest interviews because he just can talk your ear off about music, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't that difficult in the end, luckily. Well, one yeah. day, I'd love to talk to him one day. So I I'm hope, glad that yeah. you had that opportunity. Yeah, hopefully yeah. you can. Now, he's been doing the rounds. I've seen him do more interviews lately. So you know what? You just got to keep plugging away and yes, knowing the right people. But if you can hopefully get him on a good day where you he sees your DM. You never know until you never know until you try, right? That's right. I've learned that a lot doing this show. A lot of things have happened that I never expected to. So I hear you, John. <laughs> now going back to the Moffats. Um, yes. so Master T did the interview, and that's where you kind of got to know them from a little well, bit more. Not, again, I, I really knew them just from listening to their hit songs on the radio but if i'm being honest you know really leading up to this interview i was like i gotta do my research on the moffats which i do with every artist i look into because i want to know what i'm talking about and what i love about that is because again everyone knows their hits but when you really like dive deep into an artist's uh, catalog and life you really find some like interesting and shocking things like the fact that by like the age of like eight or nine they were already had made done around 5,000 shows apparently. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was shocked to know that they were signed to a record deal. Like they were like the youngest people ever signed to a record deal, at least in Canada. Apparently. Yeah. Like things like that. And you know, their first television appearance was like when they were three and four years old and you go and see it on YouTube and it's, you're like three and four. What? I barely was standing up and talking at that time and they're singing on TV. It's, it was incredible. I wonder if it was like they had stage parents or if it was something like they actually gravitated towards doing, because you can tell they still obviously love recording and, and performing and they were obviously made for it, but three and four years old. 
Yeah, well, I could tell you, no, their parents were in the industry, or at least their mother was. Um, the father mm -hmm. did sing, because the father actually sang with them on that first ever performance. And okay. the mother, I believe, won some like British Columbia awards for, for being a singer. So no, oh. they were definitely like brought up in the business. I mean, I don't think they were forced to sing. I think it just came naturally to them because of their parents. So makes probably, sense. Probably had it in their, in their DNA too, you know, the talent. Oh, yeah. I think she likes me, and I know I like her. It's kind of frightening, cause it's too soon to be sure. I think she likes me, maybe even might be love. Should I be patient? Or should I ask her straight out? That's my she gave me. Don't need too much room for doubt. I think she likes me. Maybe even might be loved. Our first kiss said more than goodnight. I bet I've lived it a thousand times. I can't predict what the future. Are they Canada's Hanson? <laughs> Some people have made that comparison. Everyone always, and you know what? Uh, that's you're definitely not the first to bring that up. Um, I I don't think I could say for sure whether they are only because again I don't know enough about Hanson. Mm. I would say um, I would say just because I know more about the Moffats, it seems like they have more hits. I don't want the Hanson people to come after me if, by saying that, but. Um, <laughs> Again, I don't know numbers-wise who was more successful, but it sounds like the Moffats probably started a bit earlier. But then again, who was performing at three and four? Like no one else in history, really. Exactly. So um, yeah, you could say they're the equivalent, but it seems like the Moffats were, could, you could say they were more talented. They're both extremely talented. Um, of course, there's four in the Moffats, three in Hanson. Um, and Hanson, I know, is still around. They're still... Mm -hmm. I, I believe they released a new album recently yeah. and the Moffats, I mean, we could talk about later, they've kind of done their own things and some of them are doing incredibly well. And I think a big difference in distinction too would be the fact that the Moffats hit internationally much harder than they did, I think, in North America. Yeah, again, looking into them more leading up to this interview, like yeah. they were apparently one of the biggest acts in Southeast Asia from 98 to 2000. Who would have thought that? I, I never realized that. Um, the, and then they even did a reunion tour there in like 2017. Like they had a huge following, which I want to know why. I don't know why they were so big there. Um, uh, I'm hoping I could interview one of them and ask them about that. Because that that to me is is fascinating how certain groups or artists can just be, you know, big, maybe in one place like Canada, but then also be really big in another place, you know? Um, mm. I, I always wonder how that works, but... Again, one of the biggest acts in Southeast Asia in the late '90s. Incredible. When or it, they were the best-selling act in the Philippines ever, apparently. I want, yeah, Philippines specifically. Again, I don't know what it is about the Philippines, and I, I recently learned about that actually before this interview, when I posted a Moffat thing 
I don't know, a few months ago, or maybe a year ago, actually on TikTok. And then I kept saying comments, seeing comments about like, oh yeah, we love them in the Philippines. I'm like, what? I was so confused mm -hmm. by that. I thought honestly, they were just really big in Canada, but apparently not. Yep. Uh, until I did the research, I thought the same thing. I knew that they were, they were quite a smash phenomenon in Canada because like, all kinds of radio play. And I believe, I agree with you when you said, I think they had more hits, at least on Canadian radio. You would hear yeah, definitely yeah, more of their songs than Hanson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, Hanson, there's there's two. Of course, there's Mbop. And then the other one, I forget now all of a sudden, there is another one. I Will Come to You. I think that's what it was called. Pretty I Will sure. Come to You. Oh, I Will Come to it's You. not that. No, it's something else, actually. I don't even know. <laughs> Mm, Bob. Ah, besides there that, one, well, that one. kind of that kind of lays it out right there. Can't remember it. Exactly. And again, no hate to had today. Again, they're yeah. extremely talented. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say the Moffats, to me at least, in my opinion, are uh, are more successful. But again, that's just me. Everybody, music is subjective. So true. So there's triplets and a brother, right? Yes. Bob, Clint, Scott, and Dave. The, the interesting thing I, I read, too, is that apparently Bob and Clint are identical and Dave is not. He's fraternal. So it's like, if you don't know, it's like you have to like keep reminding yourself which one's which. So Scott, he's on his own. He was born in 1983, all yeah. on his own. Don't worry about Scott. I'm kidding. Scott is, is doing this <laughs> thing. And then the other three who were born, I guess, yeah, at the same time, we got Bob and Clint, who are identical twins. And then Dave, who's the fraternal twin, but He's still a triplet, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of funny because you could tell, yeah, Bob and Clint look a lot alike, especially now with their facial hair. Um, yeah. But back in the day, I think maybe they did this on purpose. They tried to like differentiate from each other. Um, maybe yeah. so you can kind of figure out who's who. Um, they each had their own little things with like highlights. One had, you know, Scott had long hair. Um, it mm -hmm. was just, it was funny, yeah. Yeah, I always thought that Bob and Clint looked slightly different, but you had to really like look yeah. to see for sure that's probably why yeah when um, they were kids though you could they're pretty much all the same although dave you could spot in the eyes mm -hmm. something about his eyes but yeah they when they were very young like when they were like four or five they all like rocked i think the same hair they either had like they had uh mullets back when they were doing their country phase it was it was adorable <laughs> they had a country phase i had no idea way before yeah. they had at least two country albums yeah so two country albums and then a christmas album like literally they're they were like seasoned veterans by the time they were like like 10 years old or 11 and they had like these country albums they did music videos before they were 10 like again like for those of you especially in canada like we all know the moffats but i i highly encourage you to like go check out their other stuff and especially the country stuff it's it's cute like they do a few cover songs of other famous artists and one friend when i he was listening to their uh songs he was like is this the chipmunks because they have such high voices <laughs> um but they're they're great i mean they said i believe the first five years of their career like from three to eight or four to nine they just sang and then after that they picked up instruments um so they've been playing instruments for like over two decades now and they all sing too so they're all like multi-talented hmm yeah, yeah, no, that's very impressive. Um, it's mentioned in the Wikipedia that their first recording was at Studio 86 in West Edmonton Mall. And yeah. I felt a little kinship with that because being from Edmonton, I 
as a kid used to go and get songs recorded at Studio 86. It was basically a karaoke booth. Okay, I was wanting to know like what that was. So it was in the, is it still there? No, no, it's not. But um, basically you'd go in there and you'd look at their menu of songs, um, just like you would looking at a karaoke book at a karaoke joint and pick what you wanted to do. Um, pay per song and then they'd send you home I think you got three takes or something and then they'd send you home with a cassette of your performance I'm pretty sure I've heard of other artists that were discovered that way because that was a thing back in the day right in these malls Mm -hmm. Um, I personally never saw it I wish for me my earliest memory of like music and malls is like um it was oh god was it well no before radio show no was it music world or cd it was in Montreal specifically it was Mm -hmm. just a place I went to buy cds um, back in the 90s but yeah I, I never experienced those like recording booths those must have been like so fun to see so did you try it you said I did try it I can't remember for sure what song I did I think I did Paula Abdul straight up nice. <laughs> I can't remember for sure but it was a fun part of West Edmonton Mall so uh, just the fact that they went there to do Grandpa by the Judds back in yeah. 87 so they would have been just babies yeah five years old at that time yeah, yeah, no kidding. So then going eventually when they d- decided to put out a, a pop album, that was when they got signed to the major label recording contract, right? Yeah, um, that was, I guess, they officially, I think, 1998, which was chapter one, a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Again, pretty much saying, hey, this is our new beginning going from country to pop. Um, I wonder... If like a lot of people, if they're fan, like they're early fans, if they like felt betrayed because they transferred from country to pop, um, I have a feeling they were probably told to do this because that was that was all the rage. Pop was huge, right? So um, it makes sense, and it worked out. I mean, according to sources, Wikipedia, uh, mm-hmm. they sold six million of those of that uh, album worldwide. Um, it went double platinum in Canada, so it was very successful. And I would say that was definitely their most successful album. It had four of their hits, which say "Misery," so I don't forget. "I'll Be There for You," uh, "Miss You Like Crazy," and "Girl of My Dreams." The one thing, though, I'm trying to figure out is because when I look up the album, at least, so "Misery" is not on Spotify at all, which sucks. And "Misery" wow. apparently was only the Amer- on the American release, so I don't know if that means if you were in Canada if Misery wasn't on that album. So I don't know. And maybe Misery is on the Spotify in the US. It's possible. Maybe, yeah. I've, I've come across certain artists, even again, people that I've spoken to, that mm-hmm. one R&B guy, his name is Drew, D-R-U, he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. One of his biggest songs is not even on Spotify and he didn't even know that. And I was like, you might want to look into that. So I don't know how it works, but it's a shame because I've mm-hmm. commented on TikTok that Misery isn't on there and people are upset about that, so. That's my favorite song off that album. So yeah, that's it's a great song. The video <laughs> where they're like in a park and then like it starts raining. It's the graphics are hilarious with the rain. If you go and watch it, um, mm-hmm. great song. Yeah, and again, they were still ninety eight. They were like probably thirteen, fourteen when they recorded all this stuff. So just crazy to think how young they were, but how talented they were. Tonight, I 
unfair that we can't get to enjoy that song <laughs> but yeah it is I mean, i'm kind of wondering about the timing to the reason why the record label was like okay guys you're doing a pop album i mean that was right around the time where backstreet had blown up yeah well then, I mean, that was the late 90s so pop was i would say that was pop hip-hop and r&b well, hip-hop specifically that was just starting to gain steam i think but pop i would say that was at the, it was at the top like at the peak almost at that point so yeah so the record company is probably sitting there going we have another boy band on our hands let's do this <sighs> it's funny yeah what what what's what uh, what constitutes what a, boy a boy band, band? yeah it's funny because you have other artists um like uh boys to men some people say they're a boy band other people say no they're not mm. who knows um, yeah, you could call them off as a boy band. It's not like a good or bad thing, but no. I wouldn't, they weren't specific. Like they, what I loved, especially about even that album, a chapter one, if you listen to it, they have like these ballads, they're known for their ballads. They love, I don't know what it is about like love and girls at like that age, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> a lot of love stuff. Um, but then they have like these like random, like rock slash, I want to call ska moments, which I heard on this yeah. one called saying, I love you. Great mm -hmm. song. Um, Wild at Heart is their first song off that album. It's actually very good. It's like a rock song. Um, mm -hmm. So again, I wouldn't just say they're 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 not just a pop band. No, not at all. Now you can't pigeonhole them, which is great. I like that they showed yeah. different. Like it's one of those albums I listen to. It's the songs all sound very different. They're very distinguishable, which is an awesome thing, especially for a band that young. You can tell exactly. they must have had a lot of influences growing up. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of country influences. Um, it sounds like they also had some rock influences, which especially was shown on their next album because they had this guy, Bob Rock, who was the producer for Metallica. Mm -hmm. So he worked on with them on that album. Um, so yeah, no, uh, again, uh, very impressed with their range. You know, they could pretty much do anything, I think. After these messages, we'll be right back. Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please 
join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Who creates the content we love? I was a very emotional child. But I was really shy growing up. What makes them passionate? I want to draw Saturday morning cartoons. I could actually write some of this. Part of me comes out in a design that I do. And why do they persist? You know, I was in a bad mental spot. It was a big sacrifice. The hard-earned lesson is you have to do your own thing. And this has been like a rebirth for me. Hear their stories on your favorite podcast player. Creators After Dark. Mom, here come the popples for your child. Popples are pals that pop out of pockets. Popples are pals that pop out of pockets. A soft fuzzy ball that turns into a friend. The fun keeps building and the laughing never ends. Popples are pals that pop out of pockets. They're funny, they're new, cause they turn inside out. And that's what popples are all about. Your child will love them. Submodality. How do you pronounce this? <laughs> I just say, yeah, submodalities. Submodalities. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, come, it came out in 2000. And then, yes, Bob Rock working on that to me was insanely big because he's, like you said, he's worked with Metallica. He's worked with some of the greatest like rock bands that have ever been. So I think that was a huge step from them finding their sound working with a guy like that. Yeah, and I think you even see there's an interview with Bob Rock and people were asking him, like, you know, why would you work with this band? These, like, little kids. These, And he's like, well, they actually like rock music and they are they can do rock music. And yes, they can, as you see mm-hmm. with this album and even the previous album. Um, in my, but for me personally, I definitely prefer uh, Chapter One. That was their yeah. best album, in my opinion. Um, but... Submodalities does have my favorite song, which is Bang Bang Boom. And I'm pretty sure that was their most successful song in Canada. Like charts wise, it was number one. And yes. apparently it went to number one, like the quickest out of any song up until that point, maybe in Canada, but not 100% sure if that's true. It was an extremely popular song. I think it was used in some commercials and such as well in recent years. So I find yeah. that most people, most people do remember that track. Yeah, I love, I mean, it's just so it's so it's pop rock perfection. <laughs> it really is it's catchy. I mean, and I think I saw you you did see my my video that I like posted the other day um, with Bang Bang Boom in the background, and I was like just reminding people that Scott is turning forty, and it's like right when you hear the boom, and it's like oh forty, people are like no, <laughs> your face, you're just like uh huh yeah I yeah I just saw that your TikTok today. It was that was great. Well, that song, I love that song because it has this little buildup and it's just that boom. And it's just the perfect, you can just use it for so many things, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Early morning, I got Mona Lisa by my side. What's the story behind that devious smile? Now, 
yeah, yeah. great song. And then, you know, after that, they disbanded in 2001 at the ripe old age of like 17 and 18 years old. So you fast know? after the release of that album. So it makes me wonder, was there a bad breakup? Were they fighting? Do we know? I personally don't know. I, I tried to look into that. I don't think so. It's It honestly just sounds like they needed a break. Like, again, they had done over 5,000 shows. Um, actually, sorry, I think I said before 5,000 shows by like 10. No, it was like 5,000 shows by like, I think, 18 or so. Pretty okay. sure. So they did a lot. You know, they were also bouncing around. They were, so they grew up in, they were born in Canada, Yukon slash Vancouver slash Victoria. Then they moved to Missouri for a bit. Um, then they were doing stuff in Vegas, in Nashville. They were like on the go pretty much for the for 15 years in a row. So, mm. yeah, if I was them, I would need a break as well. So why not? So it sounds like they just kind of relaxed for a bit. Um, and then, of course, they did their they did their own things after that and up until now. But I think anyone would want to take a break after that career. Agreed. <laughs> like yeah burned out at 18 isn't that crazy yeah well i don't know yeah hopefully they weren't burnt out but i'm sure they were tired and they deserved a little break so no i, I don't blame them at all take yeah they so they've taken their break and then bob and clint were still very much working together i think quite a bit i looked at all the different incarnations of bob and clint together um there's been at least four different names for for their duo um same same yeah i forget all of them i think they joined a band called push was it i think shortly mm -hmm. after they played at like the olympics the winter mm -hmm. olympics in 2002 that must have been salt lake city yeah That's, uh... i think so no no yeah. they did a lot it makes sense i mean because they're the twins so you know with twins they're they like basically think alike and they have so much in common. So it just makes sense that they've always stayed close together, even again, up until now where they have music travel love, um, yep. which is doing ridiculous. I, again, I only discovered a music travel love for those people who don't know music travel love is Bob and Clint. Um, and they literally just perform cover songs, sometimes just the two of them, sometimes with Dave, but a lot of times with this other artist. And they're in these like beautiful spaces outside, like waterfalls, mm. fields, forests, and uh, last I checked, Instagram, they have over a million followers. Was it? Yeah, YouTube, over 4 million. TikTok, over a million. So they're doing very well. I've seen the videos and it's just captivating. Like you said, the scenery and whatnot. I think they must be using like drones and stuff to film. <laughs> because uh, yeah, they, there are some, some of the shots. Some shots. of the shots yeah. get so much of the whole like scenic um surroundings in them and it's just gorgeous so yeah and i love it. they even cover one of their songs like of the moffats which i find hilarious um <laughs> they do everything and no they're just super talented so listen when you have over especially on youtube over four million and you're getting millions of views you're making decent money from that mm -hmm. so uh yeah no they're doing great and and then they also have like not spin-offs but like off of music travel love they have music java love which is like it's like a coffee coffee company then they have music kids love, I believe, which is just like a kids kind of channel, you know, kids songs. So no, they're more power to them. They're they're doing great. Yeah, I think those two are definitely uh, dads now too, uh, family yeah. guys. Yeah, they're busy. I think they each have at least two kids, I believe. Dave's a yoga instructor. 
someone told me uh yeah i think he's single i'm pretty sure but someone told me that dave their friend took a yoga class with dave once uh which i thought was so funny i think i don't know if he's now in toronto or winnipeg i don't know I'm not sure where dave is and uh, clinton bob i believe are still in nashville and scott i want to say is ottawa because that's what it says on twitter Scott is a very uh, renowned producer now. Ooh. He's been working country-wise with the uh, big superstar Luke Combs. Yeah. By the way, sorry. Shout out to your cat. I just. Oh yeah, she that. likes to. That's <laughs> okay. No, to join in. Um, yeah, Luke Combs, which is a big deal. I think he's won some awards for for uh, his production on Luke Combs' work. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, I wish I could say I love country, but uh, I just. I'm trying to like it more. I can't. I don't know. I'll There's be honest songs. with you. I've heard of his name, but I don't know any of his songs. So I'm sure I know one or two of Luke Combs songs if I heard it. But yeah, it's just there's like country pop and country rock, of course, because those are stuff that I like. But just pure country, I, I can't do it. It's okay. <laughs> it's totally okay. We don't do a lot of country on this podcast yet. We've had a few country artists, which was nice. But yeah. Um, do you remember Dave being on Canadian Idol? I don't. And I don't, and I know he, yeah, he was, but I don't, I didn't, I don't think I watched it. And I don't think I was able to find clips. Have you seen clips of him on yes. YouTube? I was watching it, not on YouTube, I, when it actually happened. So nice. I'm not sure if there, if there's some clips to be found, we'll just got to try to find them. But um, yeah. when it actually happened, I'm like, no, no. How could he be on this? Like, He's so famous. What is going on here? And well, uh, yeah, yeah he was, well, I, could, I think he was just trying to do it on his own. Yeah. Well, listen, I could tell you if you know um McMaster and yeah, McMaster and James. Mm -hmm. Uh Rob James, he was on Canadian Idol as well. And that was maybe really? after they just split up. But yeah, like I, and, and I, I appreciate that because even though these guys were like pretty well known, at least in Canada, they didn't let that go to their head. They were just, it just shows that they're just pure artists. They love music and mm -hmm. they just want to perform. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously they wanted maybe more of the fame and notori notoriety if they would have won. Um, I know for me, the one I remember most, there was like Eva Avila, uh, who I've oh, yeah. posted her a bit. She had a couple good songs, Oh, It All to You. Yeah. Um, of course, there was a, Oh God, was it Kalen Porter? The one song, Heaven, which is a great song, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, so Ryan Malcolm. Yeah, he was, he the was first he the, Canadian Idol. Was he the one that was in, um? Oh, what was the band? Oh God. That, the band name reminds me of an airplane. Velvet Empire. I think it was Velvet no. Empire. No, was he? I, was, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure because Velvet Empire had like the one song uh, front, fronting on me. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I love that song. That's funny. Yeah. No, I feel like Ryan Malcolm had like a rock band later after the solo album that came out with Idol. But anyways, back Possibly. to Dave. Yeah, Dave. I think Dave, I think he was like, got made it to like the round of 32 and then that was it, I think. Maybe it was so. for ratings. Why he would Maybe be on there. Maybe that's why they're like, keep, t keep tuned in because one of them offices is on here. Yeah, why well, not? do you do you remember what year it would have been? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, no I wanna say I'm useless there. Probably late 2000s, I'm going to say. Mid to late 2000s. Uh, 2005, according okay. to Wikipedia. 
05. Yeah. So they were on break since 01. So yeah, he was probably at that point, he's like, okay, I'm bored. I need to do something. So mm. why not? You know, it's a cool idea. I liked watching it. So, Hey, all the power to Dave. I'm sure he's doing really well. It's nice to see that they're all doing stuff that they love now. And I just can't imagine being so famous that young. We've seen it all the time with boy bands and, and people like Britney Spears and stuff. But when you said three, four years old, <laughs> wow. Well, that's the other thing too, is you have to also give them credit because they, I just based off their interviews recently, they seem like they're still pretty level-headed. I don't think they let the fame get to them. And I don't know if that's because of their parents and their upbringing or just them, because even in, in their early interviews, like they were interviewed on Sally, Jesse, Raphael when they yeah. were like 10 or something. And they were so well-mannered, so well-spoken. Um, they, yeah, no, they didn't let the fame, I think, get to their heads at all. They were very grounded. And again, even in their more recent interviews, they're just like, they just act like their brothers around each other and they're just, they're just laughing. And yeah, I don't, so I love that. They don't have like big egos at all. It's so inspiring to see that with all the other things that could go wrong in a show business career. I mean, they had each other, they had good parents, they had, you know, that grounded. They didn't seem like the type of boys to go off and do the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing. They had it together. Exactly. I mean, who knows? Did they did they try some things? Possibly. We have no idea. <laughs> but uh if they did, we it was it was very well hidden. Um, I will say though, one person did comment about because they came out with their chapter two, like album not really an album it was like three songs and a few other songs um in 2018 but then apparently got shelved or something happened and someone like made some eerie comment they're like oh i think i know why like or something happened i was like oh okay oh. Huh. not sure maybe nothing someone's just trying to stir up some drama but no honestly they, they just seem like really nice guys and yeah i really hope i get the chance and hopefully you can as well maybe interview one of them um they're pretty active on social media i found dave on tiktok and i don't think the others are on there but social media yeah they're all of course with clinton bob but even scott on twitter and on instagram so yeah it's hopefully you know we can we can both uh yeah get a hold of them and talk to them so we'll reach out for sure um i would love to have that opportunity and uh I want to be able to make sure that all of our listeners are able to go find your TikTok. So let people know how they can find you on social yes. media. Let's plug myself. No. Uh, yes, my, so I don't it. have like an official title on my TikTok, but it's just my name. So it's john.g87. So J-O-N.g87 on TikTok. Uh, Instagram, I honestly just post videos of my interviews. So you don't see much, but you'll see all my interview clips, which are very interesting. Um, and again, on Instagram, same thing, J-O-N.G87. And yeah, like I said, what I'm what I'm really focusing on right now with TikTok is I'll still post videos, random throwbacks. I love those, but I really want to get more into interviewing artists. Um, so I've started with Ed the Sock so far this year, and I hope to get a few more, especially in February. I have a few to get back uh, to reach out to again. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the future. I mean, nostalgia will always be a big thing. Um, and I, and I love seeing these artists kind of getting their flowers and kind of resurgence, especially like someone like Sean Desmond, who made this huge comeback. I saw him perform in the summer. It was amazing. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I'm, and then even and the other one, that. sorry, I hate, I just don't want to like ramble on, but Simone Denny, who you should interview, by the way, 
I have. Simone Demi. She's have. amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So, you know, yeah. Amazing woman. She was my first or second. She was my first artist I interviewed, actually. Yeah. Um, and so when I first interviewed her, I thought we were going to do it on TikTok. And, but you need a thousand followers or at the time. And she didn't. So I was like, oh, so we did it on Instagram. And I was like, we're going to get you to a thousand one day. And then like months passed. And I was like, hey, I want to help you. So like she sent me a bunch of video clips of herself talking about her career. And I put them, I edited them and I put it out on my page and it got like a decent amount of views. And that put her over a thousand followers and it, it opened her up to these new fans and it brought her back to her old fans and it, I was so happy for her it made me so happy um That's so things wonderful. like that yeah especially for her because she's honestly I don't know her personally although I feel like I do from my chats with her like she'll send me voice notes as if we're friends um Aww. even when she's out like at, at dinner she'll send me a message I'm like you don't have to do this right now uh, <laughs> I could I could go on and on about Simone Denny so she's amazing she really is a lovely person and a huge talent. Like, oh my God, her one voice of the best voices is, in Canada. Oh yeah. Her voice is like the best. <laughs> so, 100%. yeah. Um, I wish you so much more success. It's only going to get bigger and bigger from here with your channel. I'll make sure that we plug your TikTok and share some of your videos. And, but I really do appreciate you, other people reaching out, uh, wanting to get like my opinion for whatever it's worth. Um, so yeah, I really do just thank you. And I'm happy to promote you. And I think it's really cool. Like we content creators are all out there helping each other, which is nice, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I think it's, yeah, you just pay it forward and look out for each other. Uh, that way we all grow. It's not just about one person. I think it's just everyone together. Uh, not to be all cheesy, but that's how it is. <laughs> Social media. Yeah, we've got it. Send us an email. Dope Nostalgia Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, Dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.